Welcome back to the Price Hall Podcast. We have Jake Powers of Mountain Ops, the director of community over at Mountain Ops. This is a new brand that we've been working with, doing a lot of activity on Amazon. Jake, uh, you know, I want to let you describe yourself because you said some stuff that uh, I think has to come from your own mouth. So welcome to the show. How's it going? No, it's great, man. I, it's a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate you guys taking the time to speak with me about uh, about all things Mountain Ops today. Um, I think your question was, what is a director of community is what we were talking about. And uh, mm -hmm. if you could figure that out, I'd, I'd sure would appreciate it. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a healthy combination of a lot of things. I could easily be the dancing monkey of the group or, um, you know, work with our events team, our ambassadors, um, our manufacturing partnerships and relationships. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think I'm just the loudest voice in the room at times, not always the smartest, but, uh, uh, no, working, working with and for a brand like Mountain Ops, I'm, I'm happy and proud to wear that title. Excellent. Well, yeah. So, so thanks again. So I guess to start this off, let's get a, a super brief introduction of Mountain Ops, then an introduction of yourself. And then let's go a little bit deeper on Mountain Ops. Cause I know you guys are doing some really, really cool stuff, charity work and everything on top mm -hmm. of, I'm sure we could talk a little bit about formulas as well. Um, so yeah, real briefly, Mountain Ops, tell us about that and then let's get into you and then let's go deeper. Sure. Uh, so Mountain Ops uh, just celebrated its nine year anniversary uh, this past year, uh, located in uh, just North of Salt Lake city, Utah. <clears throat> founded by uh, a group of guys, one in particular, our CEO, Trevor Farns. Uh, the story, uh, you know, I can't do it justice as well as, as well as Trevor tells the story, but, um, you know, the, the long and short of, of our company was based around a product that we, we currently still, still offer, which is called Enduro. It's a, it's a vasodilator or vasodilator, however you say it, wherever you're from. Uh, but ultimately stemming from that product, uh, that he originally formulated for his father with some neuropathy issues, um, expanded upon product, expanded upon demographic. Uh, we are unapologetic that, uh, a huge portion, if not, uh, the biggest portion of our, uh, customer demographic is outdoorsmen. Um, people experiencing the outdoor lifestyle, whether that's hunters, fishermen, hikers, just outdoor enthusiasts in general. Uh, we're pretty unapologetic, apologetic about that. Um, but a really unique company in, in its core values. You mentioned the charity work that we do. Um, that kind of actually stems back to, uh, the start of Mountain Ops and how it was, how it was, uh, was founded. Um, but, uh, again, you know, from a core demographic perspective, uh, it's allowed us, allowed us. And I say us because I, I'm proud to say that I, I represent and speak for a lot of really incredible people that work there. Um, that with continuing to put out um, incredible products that that work for people that taste good that do what they say, uh, it's allowed us to stem into other demographics uh, of outdoors people of athletes, and um, you know I think it's 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 pertinent to say that uh, uh, Mountain Ops is 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 I don't want to say a euphemism, but um, it, it's actually there, there's something that it stands for, and that mountain is something that you. Uh, we were just talking about before we got started, uh, getting out of bed early in the morning. That could easily be the mountain that you're attempting to conquer that day is getting out of bed early. It could be a tough job. It could be a tough marriage, a situation. Uh, but that mountain uh, is part of our name. And then Ops is actually Outdoor Performance Supplements. So it's something a lot of our customers didn't even know. And I had no idea. No one knew that. Uh, but that just stems from me being around the brand for quite a while. Um you know, background on me is that I was, uh, I've always been an outdoor enthusiast. I've been hunting since I could say that I was in diapers because there are pictures of me in a frame pack 
on my dad's back putting a tree stand up 20 feet. Now, it was a different time back then. Safety precautions are a must now. Um, but uh, always been an outdoors and always been a hunter, uh, a fisherman. And uh, growing up in Indiana, um, was always an athlete. Sports were an avenue for me that led to collegiate athletics. And uh, after that, um, still remained in the outdoor space while doing some medical sales, things of that nature. And um, picked up a camera, became a camera nerd and started taking photos. And then I ended up in front of the camera at times. And that ultimately one thing led to another. I was an ambassador for Mountain Ops for about six years uh, in its early years. And so I got to know the company really well. got to know the product really well. I am required to say that I, uh, I do CrossFit. I am a CrossFit L1 coach. Uh, therefore, um, there's a lot of segue into uh, the CrossFit space as outdoorsmen are now, I'll make the claim, the fittest they've ever been because of, because of companies like Mountain House. That's awesome to hear. So, okay, Ben, I'm not sure where you wanted to go exactly with this, but okay. So it's funny because we joked before having this call that you were going to mention that you, <laughs> you're a CrossFit coach. You got to mention it. How does CrossFit um, help support the outdoor activities specifically? Are there any specific like wads that really, really help out? Yeah. And there's actually quite a bit. That's a great question. Um, I think the evolution of CrossFit, because I've been doing it, I think, since, gosh, 2014. Um, a lot of the emphasis back then was on the games and the competitive side of CrossFit. And obviously, with ownership change and the evolution of that sport, um, there's still the competitive aspect to it. But I think it's merged naturally into a functional fitness realm uh, that pose a lot of advantages for outdoorsmen. Um, me being a Midwesterner, it was always a goal of mine as a, as a, as a youngster to get out West and really test myself in the back country. And there's no truer test in the back country. Those mountains will, they will make you pay their, <laughs> pay the man real quick. And so, uh, that test to me doing CrossFit allowed me, um, and, and so many others to attribute certain workouts, whether it's pulling a sled, you know, a heavy ruck, uh, there's a lot of different movements within, within CrossFit that cross over into, um, into that hunting space. I think honestly, to, to really, you know, go back to me being a Midwesterner, the big argument that we typically get is you don't have, which Cam Haynes is one of our, uh, uh, longest running ambassadors. He's a, a, a freak of a human, uh, if he is human. Um, but Cam hunts in some of the most ridiculous places you can get yourself into uh, because he is that type of specimen in the Midwest. You don't have to be that to go to the tree stand, but um, I've, I've done other podcasts and had tons of conversations about this. When you're promoting a guy like Cam, it doesn't necessarily ring true to a lot of guys like myself in the Midwest who I literally can look out my back door and see a tree stand. Um, but where it rings true is for someone like myself, that's got two young kids I'd like to see them and be able to pass down not only healthy habits, not only a healthy lifestyle, but I'd also like to be able to hunt, pass down those, um, uh, those time honored traditions of hunting and be able to do it for a long time. And I think that's where the Midwest, uh, has gotten a bad rap for outdoorsmen, but now we're starting to see that merge into the fitness space. Uh, speaking of passing things down, isn't Cam's son like the world record holder for like most pull-ups in 12 hours or something? And... And Mountain Ops employee. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's really yeah. Cool. He's he's 
He's our uh, our director of uh, customer retention. He's uh, he he's a unique individual himself. Uh, we had the kipping pull up versus strict pull up conversation the other day. Pretty entertaining stuff. Um, but no, he's he's an awesome he's an awesome guy, and I think he's also got that screw loose that his dad has. He runs in jeans. Ah, one of those. <laughs> okay. Can, so, uh, can you explain to me? So, uh. I am not Midwesterner. I'm from New Jersey. I am in a rural part of New Jersey, which people don't know exists. It's like Narnia. Um, like a lot of hunters around me, but similar to mm-hmm. you, like it's a, someone's backyard. Like, you know, my, growing up, one of my best friends owned like 36 acres. Like some of my friends had permission to hike, to go hunt in there. What does testing yourself in the backcountry mean? Like, is that just because I, I hike, but like, I'm talking, are you talking about like going out and packing out an elk and bringing it? Is that specifically kind of like what you're referring to? Yeah. Um, I can attest to my, I, I can give a testimonial to the experiences that I, I've had, but I probably do. I won't do it justice to um, what someone like Corey Jacobson or Cam Haynes, those guys that literally live in the backcountry for weeks on end. Um, for me as a Midwesterner, uh, over-the-counter tag may not mean a lot in this technical conversation, but um, you know, for someone like myself, I've got seven days to get it done. The odds of killing a, a, a good or a bull in general, uh, a male elk, for a guy from Indiana, the odds of doing that in seven days is less than 10%. So you know you're going in basically spending seven, $800 on a lottery ticket. Uh, but to get to those elk, um, you're going into public ground that may be a national park. And so those elk don't live by the gates. Um, they live, they know they're being hunted. They're smart animals. And to get a big mature bull, they've, they've obviously survived being hunted for years and years. So they, they tend to be further back. Um, the most recent, you know, bull that I killed uh, a couple of years ago was on a, on, on a unit we call it like a County, if you will. Um, the unit in Colorado uh, had a ton of pressure, a lot of hunters in there, not known for giant bulls. Uh, but my, a, a good friend of mine that actually introduced me to Western hunting, him and I went in, I think almost seven miles before we even set up camp. And all of that's on your back. All your food's on your back. You're sourcing water from a stream and filtering the water. Um, you know, you're going in with 60 or 70 pounds on your back. And it's not flat. I mean, you're talking about I'm at sea level right now. And when we got out of the truck, it was 7,000 feet. So, um, you know, not only that, that terrain differential, um, but really the fatigue that sets in after two or three days. You start to acclimate to the elevation as a, as a sea level guy. You start to acclimate. We have products that actually help with that, believe it or not. Not a plug, not a plug, but we do. Um, this is but, the one podcast where we are all about oh, plugging oh, products. Okay. Okay. Well, you should be plugging as much well, as you yeah, want. Yeah, we're a product-centric site. So like that's sure. how it was founded. So we'll, we'll talk products and everything. Uh, keep yeah. going, though. This is very interesting. Yeah, so uh, that product is Solitude. We can talk about it later. Um, but it's really around that day, day two or day three. Once you get acclimated, you're starting to figure out the train. Maybe you've heard symbols or seen symbols. And if you haven't gotten on them yet, that day two or day three, um, you can start getting that fatigue that not only physically becomes demanding, but also mentally, because the, it's a chess game uh, with elk that anybody that's ever hunted elk with a bow will tell you it's the, the odds are in their favor. And um, so the mental fatigue, the physical fatigue sets in. And, and that's really where nutrition and training are paramount to the success, because Someone like Cam Haynes, like I said, he'll go 15 miles. Um, the real challenge, and any hunter will tell you this, that's hunted in the backcountry or hunted for a big game animal like an elk, the real work doesn't hasn't started until that animal's on the ground. 
then you've got two to 300 pounds of dead weight that has to be, that has to be taken out and put in or hung up to be cooled or else you'll have meat spoil or bone spoil, which most of the heat in those, in those elk are held in their big bones. So you've got to have the meat deboned typically within an hour or two of getting that animal down. You've got to get it into game bags to keep it protected from uh, blow flies and flies that out there that'll, you know, essentially drop their larva in there. Uh, but you've also got to get it hung up so the air can circulate. It starts to form essentially a little bit of a protective crust around it and it cools the meat down so you don't spoil it. But then you got to get it out. So if you kill that bull, we, I killed a bull at 1130 in the morning, which is kind of unknown because normally early season, they're trying to find shade because they're big animals. Um, I, my bull hit the ground at 11 or 1130 and by noon it was almost, it was pushing into the mid eighties. So we were with two guys, that's a big animal to break down. So we were moving quick. Um, but I think we took the last pack out to the trail and met up with an outfitter that said, before we went in, he's like, you guys are going in far. If you get in trouble, hit me up on the sat phone. We hit him up as soon as the bull died. And he was there to pick up our last load on the trail three miles away. I want to say it was about six o'clock at night. So there were seven hours of work nonstop right there. So you could say our electrolytes came in really, really handy because your boy didn't bring a whole lot of water. <laughs> Sick. Um, so let me ask you this. You're talking about yourself. It's a lottery ticket of 7%, uh, if that. And mm -hmm. then you have a partner that helps you and then an outfitter that helps you. Is it like how, mu how much time do you spent helping your friends and other people with their hunts? I, I imagine th that hunt was for you, correct? So we both had tags. Um, the, in this particular instance, my my good buddy had already killed a cow the night before, which again leaves you with 200 plus pounds of meat. We spent, you know, a good two or three hours breaking her down, getting everything in game bags. And then we actually hoofed that one back to camp because she was within uh, a mile or two of, of our spike camp. Uh, we got that meat hung up and we had already talked to that outfitter about coming in to get her out. Um, but he said, don't waste time waiting on me. Get out there and hunt because obviously we, we have limited time. People that live in the western half of the United States, they may have a whole season. Like I've got a whole season to hunt whitetails here in Indiana. They have a whole season to hunt elk. We have seven days to kill an elk, and the odds of killing with your bow already aren't great. So, um, But no, uh, to, to your question, um, for someone like myself in the, in the Midwest that goes out there with limited time, um, it, this last year I went out with three other guys, and um, only one of them killed a bull. And, uh, when, when one guy in your camp is helping you pack the meat out, is helping you get in there and get camp situated, helping you filter water. When one person kills, we all kill because essentially the rule that I would say it's more of a rule of thumb. It's kind of a gentleman's agreement is that if you, if you're in camp with two guys and it's just the two of you, if one of you kills and the other one doesn't, generally it's, it's commonplace to split the meat because both of you are putting the work in. You're also getting like a hundred to two hundred, 150 like yourselves, right? Like. The, the best meat on the planet. Yep. Yeah. That's, That's super cool. Okay. So to rewind things a lot, because there's a lot of people listening to the podcast who probably never hunted. I've only been on one hog sure. hunt overnight, like unsuccessful. So I never had to do any of this stuff. Um, so you mentioned outfitters. So if you know nothing about hunting and mm -hmm. you want to get involved, like who do you Google for? How do you even like, where do you even begin with some of that stuff? And then we can get into some of the training that helps as well. But like, no, it's a phenomenal question. Like, yeah, so it's, it's, no, it's a phenomenal question. Um, that again, I hope I can do it justice. Um, but I have gotten this question before. And the one thing I'll start with is that, um, 
it, in 2024, we're information as a society, we're information rich and time poor. Um, if anybody wanted to get into hunting, there's more resources now than there ever has been, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's articles to read, blogs to read. Um, I mean, heck, you've got direct contact with some of the best hunters in the world via DM. Um, so I, I would absolutely start there with taking time. If there's a specific thing that you're wanting to get into, even if it's just shooting a bow, not necessarily hunting an animal, uh, but perfecting a craft, because that's the one thing I tell people that always want me to take them hunting, which as a hunter, I take that as a badge of honor and a privilege that people would want me to introduce them because I don't take that lightly. My, my six-year-old killed his first turkey at four years old. And to me, it was one of the proudest moments of my life because I can then remember when my dad did the same thing. Um, but the one thing I will tell anybody that wants me to take them hunting is have you perfected your craft? You know, if we're waterfowl hunting for geese or ducks, have you shot that shotgun yet? If you're borrowing my shotgun, I'm not taking you until you've at least shot it a couple of times for safety reasons. Number one, because I've got some sketchy friends when it comes to that. But number two, I want you to be accurate and I don't, you know, I don't want you to come home unsuccessful because the hardest thing about hunting with kids or anybody that's new to the sport is, um, Number one, I don't want them to think that every time you go out hunting, you expect to come home with something. Um, to be successful in the outdoors as a hunter, a lot of times, most times, you're not coming home with something. It's the experience you get while being out there, uh, whether it's with your family, your friends, just getting away from noise is religious. Um, but as far as to, to answer your question, we have more resources now than ever. Um, if you are going to call an outfitter, there's a million of those. There's resources for getting certain tags that you have to put in for a lottery system. There's go hunt. There's, uh, there's, there's a million resources in that world. Um, but if, if, if you do reach out to an outfitter, they're going to ask you first and foremost, have you, you know, what weapon have you been practicing with and are you proficient in it? Because the last thing they want to do with an outfitter is take you out, um, provide you the resources that are ultimately theirs and with a lot of these outfitters specifically, we're, we're talking about elk. If you wound that animal, that's, that's your, that's your trip. You know, if you don't find that animal and you hit him in the butt, that's your trip. Like no more hunting. Um, if, uh, we, I was on a hunt last year, a guy was, was using a bow and the animal just happened to move just right. And it was a non-lethal hit. The animal was fine. The animal is, is still alive. They actually sent him pictures like three weeks later and the animal was fine. Um, but the animal had moved right at the last second. It was, a, it, it, it looked good to me. I was actually filming it. Um, but because he drew blood on that animal with respect to that animal and respect to the outfitter, that was his tag. So he went home empty handed, had a really cool experience, but you know, out of respect for the animal, um, it's, it's draw blood. That's your tag. Uh, but again, to answer your question, there's so many resources out there. Um, a, a simple Google search will, will, will most of the time get you, uh, get the answer you need. So you draw blood, you can't track it down and take another shot. It's that. Oh no, you can hunt. You, I mean, oh, if you're okay. on a five day hunt and you, and you draw blood on day two, you're going to spend the next three looking for that animal and try okay. to put another arrow on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was like, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. The, the, I, I will say for your audience, um, if there's not a lot of hunters, uh, listening, uh, to make the case for hunters, you'll never find a more ethical group of people that care more about the animals that they're pursuing. And it really goes back to what I said the first time is that as a hunter, I know, you know, uh, more times than not, I'm going to come home without something, whether the animal wasn't mature or I just didn't see anything. Uh, but I'm never going to kill an animal just to kill it. You'll never find uh, a group of people more passionate about 
the conservation and health of the species than hunters. Even though, yes, we're, we're, we're killing animals. Um, it's some of the best sourced meat and the nutrition that you can get at your hand ethically than the cheeseburger you just bought from McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I absolutely. So if one of the things, so as you, as someone like yourself, who's experienced, you start getting really good at this, you start realizing on the bigger hunts, you need to go deeper in from like where everyone's at and where they're, where the, where they're hiding, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you train for, how do you train for that distance? Then is that just rock training or is that uh, like, it, it seems like that's kind of different than what CrossFit would provide you. you you'd be surprised. So with the, with the introduction of things like go ruck, um, you know, uh, the, the packs, I will say that the, the first part to go in any backcountry trip is going to be your legs and your shoulders. Your lower back tends to. Uh, it kind of goes back to, I think a lot of guys have, have been famed of saying that weak, weak legs or weak back, back equal weak mind. And a lot of reason is because as soon as your back and legs go, your mind goes real quick after that. Um, so the way that I train again at sea level, I can't necessarily train for, um, altitude. Those masks, I mean, say what you will, there's no comparison to, uh, to going from sea level to, you know, seven to 10,000 feet. And so what I tend to do may not be perfect for everybody, but I do a lot of ruck training, whether it's just long, long rucks to get, to get my traps and shoulders prepared for a lot of weight sitting on them. Um, it also is going to help with your core, your lower lumbar. I do a lot of GHDs, a lot of back extension, uh, reverse hyper type movements, um, to prepare my thoracic spine, but man, box step ups with that ruck. Once you've gotten comfortable with that part, box step up as stupid as much as I hate those things, it works. <laughs> it, it actually works. Um, okay. So yeah, onto the, onto some of the products then, unless, unless there's other sure. training stuff, I, I, I'm happy to listen to you talk about this stuff all day long. So we well, can get back to it. Um, wh- one thing I wanted to know is like, I, one of the things I love about the conversation so far that we had is like, literally every time we talk with mountain ops, the first thing that like really comes up is like the community. Like a lot of the companies that yeah. we work with are like very product forward and you guys have you're your product forward, but you have solutions for like your consumers needs. Like, I love that you're, mm-hmm. we haven't talked about really weightlifting it at any point yet, which is kind of cool. Like we've really talked about a community, but yeah, I, uh, what, what Mike said, I, I really would like to get into the products a little bit, especially like the elevation stuff and like things that really are like solutions for your consumers. Uh, mm-hmm. very inter- interested in. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the question was there, Ben, but no, no, you, you, you were, I concur. What is the mountain ops community then? So it, it is mostly outdoorsmen. Like you're not, you're not generally getting like triathletes or like sometimes that crosses into CrossFit people or whatever. Is this really just all outdoorsmen? No, uh, that actually is a really good question because again, with the evolution of, um, I would say the sport of, of CrossFit with the growth uh, you're seeing in ultra marathons. Cam has been a huge proponent of that. Um, you know, ultra marathons, things of that nature. Um, another one of our ambassadors, Katie Knight, she's, she's getting ready for, uh, Saudi Arabia in, uh, in February. She's going to Saudi Arabia for the Spartan, one of the Spartan world races. Um, I would say our community of ambassadors is, is vast and it's actually growing, um, because, Within our offering of products, it, it, it could be anybody from my 64-year-old mom that literally takes two products, slumber and diffuse, because one helps her go to sleep. The other one helps her um, 
may help with inflammation. Uh, but it could be that 64 year old mom, or it could be someone like Cam Haynes. And we've got something for everybody in between. So to answer your question, our community is, is yes, we're unapologetic that that is where Mountain Ops, um, began, uh, began to grow in the outdoor community. We're unapologetic in the fact that that's who we cater to mostly. Uh, but with this crossover, of these athletes now becoming hunters. I think, I think the pandemic was a really, um, a really, uh, kind of a big bang, if you will, for the hunting community, because there was a lot of people that were stuck at home looking for, just looking for something to do that was different. And, um, I think there was a little bit of scarcity in, and not only the scarcity, but just the expense of red meat or, uh, protein, you know, natural source of protein, whether it was red meat or chicken or what have you, those prices went through the roof. I will say that an elk, every bite of an elk is more expensive than anything <laughs> that you're going to buy at the grocery store, but there's an experience behind it. Right. And so it's something to train for. And that's really, I think where everything started to kind of morph into um, a lot of what we, there's actually a term for it. It's called adult onset hunters and someone like myself that grew up hunting since I was again in diapers, like there's, there's people in their early twenties, maybe even thirties that are for the first time realizing I can go out and I can procure my own food and bring it back. And then I can share that experience with my family, but then I can pass that down. Um, that adult onset builds this excitement in, 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 in young men and women that, um, I think is starting to now translate into what they were already doing in their personal life, whether they were a marathon runner, you know, a bodybuilder, um, uh, CrossFit athlete, you name it. Uh, but I think there's just a healthy convergence, which kind of goes back to what I was saying. The outdoor community as a whole is probably the fittest that it's ever been just because of that uh, big bang during the pandemic, the resources that are now available to people that just want to check it out for the first time. Uh, but also I think the messaging is a lot easier to get out that outdoorsmen are actually really ethical people that care about animals and also care about that species but also care about the experience and being able to do that where unfortunately in politics now they're still trying to push that message that it's this barbaric act that's been going on for millions of years. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I got a little off topic there. Um, but as far as our community is concerned of ambassadors, we have, um, man, we've got just a really cool, eclectic melting pot of incredible human beings. I actually did a live interview on our Conquer More Facebook page yesterday with our 2023 um, Transformation Challenge winner. We did a Transformation Challenge that was six months long. And this dude, his name's James Stone. It, we actually did a production on him and you can find it on our landing page. But James Stone, alcoholic for 18 to 20 years, like full-blown alcoholic. And he didn't, he knew nothing about our brand was sitting at the table. He went over this last night. So I'm able to share it for him with a bottle of vodka and a couple of beers on his dinner table, had his laptop out, just scrolling the internet, saw our logo, clicked on it, saw the transformation challenge that there was a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow and said, I'm going to win that thing. He literally took the bottle, put it in the corner of his shelf, never touched alcohol again. He's been sober for a year now. Lost. I think he said 60 pounds. Dude looks like a fitness model now. Uh, but couldn't be, couldn't be more of a face for a brand because the guy is so humble about it. He's willing to help anybody that was going through the same, um, the same struggles he was having with alcohol. It was the vicious cycle of trying to identify himself after he was done rodeo and the guys from Texas. Um, 
but uh, it kind of tied back to his wife when we actually awarded him the check at our HQ. She doesn't speak a lot. She's pretty quiet, but she said, I had been praying about this moment for so long and it has nothing to do with that check. It has to do with him being able to put that bottle down and rediscover himself. And so James is now an ambassador for Mountain Ops because you, you know, the marketing guy and me, everybody's asking him what he did. And so we, we love that we're a part of that. But uh, again, that's just one example of, you know, they're not all professional athletes. Some of these people are just pillars of their community that have made a massive change in their lifestyle. That's awesome to hear. Uh, we, we see over and over, and I said a lot on this podcast is that men, especially we need purpose. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's really cool that you help your, your company help provide purpose for someone and to make a, a full on turnaround. Um, but along with that, along with purpose comes like the community side where like, we have to mm-hmm. get people together and everything. And, and, you know, that's, that it was stripped away from us for a couple of years there. And it's like, never, not going to yeah. happen again, you know? So that's, uh, yeah. it, it's pretty cool to see you guys supporting all that. No, it's, uh, honestly, it's a big reason why I came here. Um, mm-hmm. didn't have to leave the medical community. Didn't have to leave the position that I was in. But, uh, when you see not only what this, what this company does from a, from a product standpoint, it's, it's impressive, but it's the, the community aspect, you walk in the, the office, uh, at HQ and it's the most positive uplifting and, and I'm biased cause I work there, but I, I, I shared the same experience as an ambassador that anyone that goes there today will tell you is that, uh, when you walk into the walls of, of HQ, it's the most positive uplifting experience because I think the first thing that they did when they started to hire, you know, our team is they, they didn't judge necessarily first and foremost on their capabilities or, um, you know, their expertise more so on character. So they led by hiring people of character. Um, I I was able to skate through, I think, um, but, uh, no, they, everybody at HQ is, it's, it's an eclectic group because they're not all hunters. They're not all athletes. Um, but they're all incredible at what they do and they all share the same innate, ability to be uplifting, to be supportive. And it really, it really comes through whether it's in the marketing side, whether it's in the customer service side, the nutritionists, uh, you know, the events that we, uh, that we take part in. Um, but I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a really, it's a really awesome company to be, to represent myself and to be a voice of. Um, but it's, it's even more so to hear things like that from James that he was able to, you know, it, it changed his life. I don't like to think that our products necessarily changed his life, but just that that community was able to change his life. Mm-hmm. And his name was James Stone, was it? James Stone, the great and okay. powerful James Stone. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, in the show notes, well, I'll find some links or have you send me some links to to a little bit of that so we could have it. Yeah, there. yeah, we've got a great cool. production that we did uh, with him. Cool. Okay, so tell me about. Elevation, like I know a lot of people train at elevation and then run mm-hmm. the races, you know, at, at at sea level and all that. Um, I honestly have only been at extreme elevation just one time, and you can feel it, like obviously. But like, mm-hmm. what? Explain to me what, uh, what you have to do to get ready for that. Um, and then, and then let's. I guess we'll start with the product, and it was called Solitude, right? That's correct. Yep. All right. And yeah. Is, so, and, so and is all your hunting at elevation then? Is it like when you're going deeper no. in? Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, when you're when you're out west, the yeah. Uh, the majority yeah. of it is going to be at elevation because I'm starting it. <laughs> I'm starting at zero. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, when I'm hunting whitetails here in Indiana, it's, it's not elevation, but, uh, for me going out West and, and, and getting into elevation, you know, that you're going to, um, I would say very similar to the effects of like a dehydration. Um, there's going to be headaches. Um, there's going to be shortness of breath for me, you know, training pretty much year round. Um, I would say usually it's two to three days until you you feel really acclimated. You feel actually really good. Um, because you're, when you're waking up, in, on the mountains, I mean, there's you're, there's no fresher air in the world um, than than waking up under the aspens. But um, I will say that it 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 definitely evolution or evolution elevation is, is absolutely the tax man when it comes to um, you know adding weight or adding resistance, right? That that dead weight from the animal you take in um, if you've got to move quickly. Um, but it really comes down to, I think the importance to, to really mention is that if you're new to elevation, whether it's training in elevation, running in elevation, hunting in elevation, just being in elevation, um, take your time. Patience is, is, uh, key importance. I've seen guys that literally flew from Jacksonville. One of my best friends flew from Jacksonville to Denver. I picked them up. We went to the mountain. I'm like, let's give it a day work our way up the mountain to, you know, eight, 9,000 feet. He's like, no, let's just get up there. We got up there and my man's eyes were bloodshot. He was having some wonky dreams and talking very loudly in his sleep. Uh, but we ended up having to come down because he got, he got pretty brutally sick. He had, he fe- he said he felt like his eyes were popping out of his head because basically his brain was swelling, uh, because his red blood, red blood cell production couldn't keep up with the lack of oxygen. Um, so, you know, that's, I, I think that's worst case scenario. Um, in elevation, but again, patience is, is really everything. Okay. Wow. So, okay. So then, um, how would you, so let's say you're planning on elevation everything. It's been a while since you've been out there, maybe a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. How are you using this, this solitude supplement? And in general, um, you have three different blends here. The first one is, is a ginkgo biloba extract, which a lot of people think it, I mean, it is, it's best studied as a memory enhancer, but a lot mm-hmm. of the mechanisms are actually blood flow. Everyone. So like, we have some ideas for this one. And I, I like that there's a, and I know this, you're not into the science side of things, but the 6% terpene lactones, there's some cool stuff going on with those, by the way. So like, I'm not have, a doctor is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. But you were a, a pharma sales rep, right? <laughs> I, I was a med sales rep. I was a med surge. Okay. I, I oh, worked with oh, devices. Ah. Yeah. Devices. Okay. Yeah. That's much better. You weren't, you were selling opiates all over the country. Okay. No, so. no, no one should trust me with those ever. No. <laughs> okay. So anyway, yeah. So you got a two capsule serving, um, but basically blood flow and adaptogens like, um, and then a little bit of, well, milk, I'm not sure what you're doing with the milk thistle, but it's possibly some liver support as well. But uh, some some golden root, rhodiola, cassandra, which is ad- adaptogenic, and then mushrooms, which we oftentimes get the oxygenation. So you have adaptogens, blood flow, oxygenation, pretty cool stuff. How are you using this? Are you, do you start like taking it two weeks before you're going to get out there? Or what's your like protocol? <laughs> In the past, yes, I would I would start a couple weeks before. Um, I think the goal with solitude is before I knew what I know now. Uh, the goal was to not feel anything, right? Um, because I'm trying to basically adapt to elevation before I get to elevation. Um, but again, I'm the guy that's at, at sea level now. If you're someone that lives in Utah or lives in Colorado, already lives at elevation, uh, what I think they figured out and now I've figured out is. Some of the ingredients in solitude can, or I can't speak necessarily uh, clinically to this, but what I can say is from testing it, um, 
it actually has helped me with my VO2 max, uh, my actual output um, and, and, and stamina when I'm doing, um, you know, call it a, a 20 to 30 minute AMRAP of, you know, double unders and something, you know, fast paced. Uh, it's allowed me to increase my output from a VO2 perspective. But, um, you know, to answer your question as far as how I prepare for the mountains, yeah, I would, I would typically take it a couple weeks before, if not before then, maybe, you know, a month before. But again, that's if I'm getting into extreme elevations, you know, some of the high country of, of mule deer, or, or I don't know that I'll ever have the opportunity to hunt sheep, but they live in 10 to 12,000, um, you know, up above the timberline. And so, uh, yeah, I say in most use cases, you're taking it a couple weeks before you head out. Um, how many, do you get a whole month out of this bottle? Yeah, I think it's 30, 30 days supply, I believe. So I've got some, it's about 15 feet from me, but I, I don't want to leave frame. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. I, I mean, that, that's, I mean, if, if it really does work that well for you, 35 bucks a month that, for, for VO2 max as a CrossFitter and a person who goes at altitude, like that's a great deal. The people that yeah. actually told me about that were actually ultra marathoners. Um, they, when we, we sold out of it randomly for like a week and our Facebook group blew up, like, don't do this to us. And I'm like, it's not even hunting season. What's going on? And it just so happens that a lot of the ultra marathoners in our group, um, you know, our Facebook or our Facebook conquer more group, there's like 16,000 people in there. And, um, it just so happened that these people were using it specifically for VO2 max output on ultra marathons. Yeah, I believe it. We see, yeah, we see it time and time again with a lot of these ingredients. So that's that makes sense. And I'm guessing, so if let's say it costs you seventy dollars to get two bottles, and you you so you run it a little bit before the hunt, and then you're bringing your capsules on the hunt. I assume like mm -hmm. using it during, so you bring an extra whatever ten twenty capsules in your baggie or however you pack it in the in the uh, on the hunt. Let's say it costs you seventy dollars if you are like feeling extreme like altitude sickness or whatever, you're probably very willing to have paid $70 to not feel so badly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's kind of a rule like of thumb. Yeah. That's, that's a rule of thumb on the mountain is, uh, it, it's, uh, you, what is, I was trying to think, I was just heard it the other day. It was like, you kick yourself over a couple of dollars when it hurts the most. Um, you know, the little luxuries of, of going up there, everything in elevation that I should mention comes down to weight. Now, there's guys that literally drill holes in their toothbrush to lose weight in their pack um, because every ounce leads to a pound of pain. Um, and uh, it was uh, ounces lead to pounds, pounds lead to pain, I think is the same. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you're from a pack perspective, you're, you know, dehydrated food. Um, you're, you're actually meal prepping in gallon Ziploc bags or some guys even use vacuum sealers to vacuum down their bag for space purposes. Uh, but you're actually weighing out everything you put in there. And that's where this whole like luxury conversation comes in. Cause have you guys ever had a packaroon before? No. no, highly advise it. Heather's choice makes what's called packaroons. And it's literally like a concentrated muffin. They're, I don't even like, like them. It's like, that's what you're talking. Yeah. It's a, it, they call them packaroons, but they're just little, there's nothing better than a coconut, chocolate covered coconut packaroon in the backcountry, but they, they're not light. They're kind of heavy. And I kept them out of my pack this year and I was kicking myself. <laughs> yeah, that's all I wanted was. People, 
This is a product that people sell. It's like a brand that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Cool, it's cool. it's yeah, just I, like it's like anything else. I mean, if you you know if you have a candy bar and you want to bring it up there and you have them and you get there and your pack's too heavy, so you kick the candy bars out, you're gonna kick yourself every day for kicking those out. What's the flavor you like? Uh, I want to say it was uh, chocolate covered coconut or something like that. Sweet coconut, um, something like that. Yeah, it, right. it, I was kicking myself every day for because my pack was a little heavy going in. I'm like, ah, I can get rid of this and get rid of that. They sell them at REI. I'm going to pick some up next time I go out. <laughs> Highly recommended. They got quite a few things sold out on their website. I'm sharing my tab cool. right now. I don't know if anyone no, sees every, it. I would say, I would say my go-to snacks for up there in the backcountry is, uh, is uh, either a Venture Bar, Performance Bar, Packaroons, and the Performance and Venture Bars are, are Mountain Ops. Um, believe it or not, what actually came uh, in really handy when we were packing that bull out in that scenario was uh, we have uh, what's there our STM line. It's our straight to mouth line. Think Pixie Stick, um, but we had them in electrolyte. Cool. And that day that I killed my bull, I had a handful of those in my pack, and I had a half a Nalgene bottle and about seven hours of work to do in the sun. And those things kept me kept me right up until we, you know, we're on that last pack out and I'm dragging. Um, but again, you know, when you're working in those types of conditions with limited water, limited resources from being able to get additional water, um, you know, those little luxuries of, you know, a little, little sustenance and, and, and electrolytes tend to help quite a bit. Yeah. These straight to mouth yeah. electrolytes are cool. That's, and they taste yeah. good too. That's, so, that's the other thing. Is this different than, is there another electrolyte product or is it? Yeah, so straight to mouth is kind of like a pixie stick. Yep, the STMs are you just rip the top off um, and, and and straight down the hatch and you know swish it around with water if you want. We actually we have the same line for uh, a line we have called Immune mm-hmm. and uh, for immune support. And we actually the kids aren't around. We have a multivitamin and we have an Immune. If you mix it in their water and just tell them it's Kool Aid, it's Kool Aid. Um, <laughs> And, and it's safe for them. So, um, no, but these in the backcountry, again, going back to weight, having those electrolytes, uh, they weigh nothing. They taste great. Um, they have a little bit of a salt kick to them um, that, that, honestly, I prefer. Um, you can use those. We have them in uh, immune. We have them in electrolytes. We've got the multivitamins and we've got the biotics as well. Yeah, I was cool. looking at the biotics. You have just straight up prebiotic, probiotic, or probiotic mm-hmm. enzymes. Straight ben, to did you yep. know about this stuff? I hadn't seen this when we were I, digging through their no, website. I never saw this. This is really cool. Yeah, I, we're going to need to slam some of these STM electrolyte shots. They're legit. Yeah, Ben's no, like they're the awesome. industry electrolyte guy. He's been talking about electrolytes since before they were cool. So, um, yeah, this this is awesome. That is a that is a nice luxury. That's worth it, man. Like I, yeah. I gotta. I mean, there's there's times where like okay, you're at the gym. Like okay, I can get by. You know, doing three sets of ten or no big deal. But then there's times where you're like you're packing out to go in the mountains. You. <laughs> You want to do it right, I'm sure. So this this it totally makes sense. But this is a that's a pretty cool idea that we hadn't seen. Yeah, we've got a lot of um, a lot of the ultra marathoners, uh, Ironman triathletes. Um, they like them because of they're obviously multi purpose. They're light. They fit in their 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 packs um, pretty neatly. But it's also quick and easy, right? Rip the top off and straight down the hatch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, different, different from a, from a perspective of a goo, I think is, is I had a friend the other day, you guys doing goos? And it's like, no, those are heavy. Yeah. You know, we, we, we unapologetically want to make things that, that, that not only make sense to the outdoorsman, but also 
um, can kind of be cross-referenced to other, you know, sports. Because so, you're, ass- you're assuming that you're going to be finding water and that you have whatever filtration setup that you're that you'd like to use. Yep. Um, yep. Okay. And and do you, and I assume like you do you start with a little bit of water and then you just know where the rivers are going to be. You map things out before you go. All that like is this. Yeah. So again, resources, um, Onyx and Spartan Forge are two apps that I use that are, um, they're, they're mapping applications. And so when you're in those units, you'll do what they call it's, it's a, it's a very legitimate practice now called e-scouting. And in the unit that I killed my bull, we'd been in that unit for a number of years. So we kind of knew where some streams were for spike camp. We spike camp exactly where we spike because there's a stream down there. And I'm not talking like a river. I'm talking right. literally a stream, I don't know, maybe 10 inches wide. And when we got there, it was, it was pretty dried up, but you, <laughs> we, we MacGyvered, we brought a one foot long piece of PVC pipe because what you don't want to do is take your water bag and dip it down in because you're using a gravity fed system. So think of, um, I don't know, think of a garbage bag or any kind of bag. You dip it in the water when you pull it up, there's going to be junk in there, right? And if you're dipping it actually in there, you're going to stir up everything. So what we did is we brought, because of years past, we brought about a foot and a half long piece of one inch PVC pipe, just laid it in the water where there was a natural little trickle of a waterfall. And it came out like a freaking sink. <laughs> it's kind of nice. Um, but you're usually filtering about between the two of us, we would have about six, I would say three to six liters filtering at one time. Cause we broke both bring a three liter filter bag. And then you hang it up before you go to bed. When you get, when you get out of bed, you get a cold bag of clean three liter water. How does, um, how does your nutrition got, change when so I, I assume like, you know, CrossFit takes a lot of, you know, food and, and hydration, all these things. Like how much do you scale back your food and water intake when you're out there? Like, do you quantify this or do you kind of just like pack snacks? No, no. Yeah. Um, in the backcountry setting, you're, you're meal prepping almost more so than you would being, you know, I, I would say more for like a CrossFit style competition or lifting competition. You're, you're literally packing per day for calories for carbohydrates, uh, probably more so for, for carbohydrates than you are calories in general, just because that energy, man, it gets sucked away from you really quick. I mean, you, you gain, you know, 2000 feet in elevation on your feet. You're going to zap a lot of energy quick. So your, your meal prepping becomes pretty, um, strategic in that, in that fashion. Um, but then again, I hate to, you know, I hate to break it to people in the Midwest. It's actually incredibly important here. Um, especially when you're in the middle of what's called the rut, which is the, the whitetails mating season, the guys that kill the biggest deer, they don't leave the stand. They stay out there all day long and they need to be sharp. And when you get in a caloric deficit or you're dehydrated, you're going to get cold fast because you're dehydrated. Um, if you're in a caloric deficit, you get foggy, right? So you need to be sharp at all times. And so uh, I tell people, you know, we're sitting in a deer stand all day long is the most mind numbing, painful experience. But if you pack the little luxuries, but also able to maintain a little bit of a, a decent diet while you're out there, you'd be sharp as a tack. Um, but yeah, I hope that answers your question on that. I have a follow-up question and I don't know if this is a dumb question or not, but my friends that hunt, uh, mm-hmm. they talk a lot about like deodorant smell and like descenting yourself. Doesn't mm-hmm. food smell? Um, it does. And that's, that's actually a phenomenal question. So 
the the way these animals stay alive is their nose. Yeah, you know, especially an elk. Um, you could have an elk a half mile away on another ridge, and that wind swirls right around eleven o'clock because when you're at elevation, you have what's called thermals. And mm-hmm. again, I'll give a really poor representation of this, but in the morning, cold air drops. When the sun comes up, that cold air swirls and then goes up. So as the as the air temperature warms up, that goes up. And you're constantly playing that that wind because the minute that wind switches, that animal may be a half mile away, but you'll watch the entire herd barrel over that mountain the minute that wind swirls because they've caught your scent. Um, vacuum seal bags have been a massive, um, massive help uh, that I've seen a massive difference for me because you can essentially vacuum seal those and plastic to a degree doesn't really affect them too much. What, what animals are smelling. And again, I'll give a poor representation of this, but that I've referenced a lot of really, really smart people that have told me this is that what animals are keying on are the skin cells that we're shedding right now, thousands of skin cells per minute that we're shedding, we're leaving a breadcrumb. So whitetails are, are led by their nose. Elk are led by their nose. And if you can neutralize that, uh, those skin cells that you're inevitably going to shed, if you can neutralize those with different products, then you, you've got an upper hand, you've got an advantage. And so there's a, there's a plethora of products out there. All of them claim to work. I think some work better than others, um, especially when you're out there without a shower um, because camp stench is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I, you go ahead. I was going to say, so does it make sense to like exfoliate like in the movie Gattaca or whatever, like exfoliate before you leave and everything, just get all the dead stuff. Man, off there's, there's, the there's technology in, um, there's a lot, it's really cool. It's a cool, it's a cool space in the outdoor industry because it's, there's a lot of different technologies. Silvers are, silvers were a really, really big thing. And then, um, air scrubbers, uh, there's a company called, uh, uh, oh, there's a million companies, but, um, but neutralizing your odor, right? You've got air scrubbers that you would use in your house. They've got mobile units now that they put into bags. So when you put your, your gear in there, it zaps everything and nukes all the bacterial bacteria molecules. Um, but they've actually come out. It came from the medical industry. Uh, they have product that surgeons used to use pre-surgery to go in because you're inevitably, that's why when you scrub in, they're putting their gloves over their scrubs because they're naturally, they're shedding skin cells, but they created this product. Uh, there's a number of them now, um, but uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of like a uh, hand sanitizing foam mm-hmm. product. When you get out of the shower, no matter if you use Irish spring or you use non-scented soap, it doesn't matter. When you get out, you rub that stuff down and neutralizes all the bacteria molecules. So um, you put it under your armpits. I actually took the challenge and this guy was like, I'll show you this works. Put it under your armpit. Don't, don't use deodorant for 30 days. And I'm like, you're a strange human, but I'll try it. And I have not bought a stick of deodorant since I, since I started using that. Interesting. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last question uh, about, I want, and we'll get back to some products. But yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Last, one last question about, um, about bringing food. What do you have like a, a kind of macro breakdown? Like obviously fat is more calorically dense per pound. And I imagine that important, but mm-hmm. what you're doing possibly requires a lot of glycogen and carbohydrates. So how are you, how are you thinking about macronutrients in general and the weight of your food when you're packing? Yeah. So when I'm home, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously paying a lot more close attention to protein, muscle building, those types of things. When I'm out there, it's, it's energy. 
it, for me, it's energy. It's going to be energy and recovery more than anything. So for the, the meal that I, I may leave at spike camp, uh, you know, prior to going to bed, I'm going to put myself in a food coma and a slumber coma, another mountain ops plug, um, and, and knock myself out. Um, because essentially out there, when you're coming back and you're at camp, you're eating at dark and you're going to bed at dark because you're not staying up because you're blasted from the whole day of activity. Um, but as far as how I break down my macros for the day is I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go health, healthy fats, um, carbs. I'm not too, I'm not crazy, crazy picky because a carb, a carb, a carb is a carb out there. You're going to burn it no matter what. Um, so I do a lot of, I do, I'm trying to think of what I packed last year. That was a game changer. A lot of peanut butter, um, a lot of cheese, if I can, like the, the actual shelf stable cheese that doesn't need to be refrigerated. So like your, um, um, the baby bells, those little red guys, they're nice on the mountain, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm, I'm paying a lot of attention to my fats. Um, a little pick me up is hard candy. Doesn't weigh a lot. It's got, it's just solid sugar basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, I'll, I will lean into our product, uh, our performance bars quite a bit. Um, they're delicious. Um, when it comes to, um, when it comes to straight carbs, this is going to sound really funny, but there's, there's two different types that you can use out there. So for those of you that want to get into the backcountry hunting, um, there's a mountain. If there was a house on it, if you guys have ever, if you guys know where I'm going with that, there's two different types of freeze dried meals, mountain house. And, um, there's peak refuel. I would choose peak refuel, um, simply because you can't bring enough toilet paper for the other one. Um, <laughs> So there you go. I'll keep it PC. Uh, and the peaks taste incredible. We like bowel movements, just not at certain times of our <laughs> <Dude>. existence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been some experiences out there. But I, I will say, so peak refuel is typically going to be my breakfast, my dinner. They're incredibly packed. They're high-calorie meals. Um, it's fuel. Everything you, everything you bring out there is fuel to answer your question. And then um, the easy one from a packing perspective, it, I've been seeing so many Instagram, like, taboo reels on um, uh, ramen noodles that it's freaking me out now because when I'm out there, there's nothing nicer on a like kind of a cold day to use your little portable stove, throw some water in there, throw some ramen in there, drink the broth when you're done. It's so good. But now I'm learning it doesn't digest for like eight years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you can find some like more natural ramen or whatever, but if anybody's gut can digest it, I promise you mine can. Cause you know know what, if it, if it's worked for you, were you able to get the animal back? back There you go. That's right. You know, that's right. With what works for you. Absolutely. So so you've talked, uh, you brought up slumber a few times. This is an Mm -hmm. interesting product because it's, it's got like 5.5 grams of organic coconut oil powder, which has got a fiber built in. So you have some fight. It's a sleep aid with mm-hmm. some fiber, some fats, some collagen. So you have a little bit of each of these things. And then you get into the magnesiums, the, the theanine. Um, and then I like the well, one thing that we don't see enough is hops and valerian mixed together. There's actually a lot of research with these two combined. And I don't know why, but a lot of times you see like valerian's more popular. I'm not sure why maybe hops is scaring people off because the beer thing or something, but hops and valerian themselves do have some synergistic research. So this is a pretty cool product. And you are three milligrams of melatonin. We do find that like the melatonin is sometimes a, a bit divisive in, in our community. People sure. either love it or hate it, you know? So this is a, a melatonin based formula, but I think it's like, 
a lot of this stuff is just unique is what I'm seeing with, mm -hmm. with yours. Like we're not seeing your pre-workout's not going to have 30 grams of active ingredients with 10 grams of citrulline or anything like that, like that we sometimes talk about on this channel, but we're not seeing sleep aids like this. That's, that's for sure. You know? So, and then a whole bunch of like, you know, vitamins and stuff, uh, support as well. Decent little bit of chromium picolinate, our favorite form of chromium. So this is just, uh, yeah, this is a unique, a unique formula. So is this is a 13 grams. Is this mix as in a, uh, Mix kind of like a protein shake in a way. It's it's a lot lighter, so I would I would um, I would say it's more like a Swiss. Uh, well, it tastes just as good. The sleepy cocoa tastes spot on. Uh, Swiss Miss hot chocolate. Okay, awesome. And, and you're good. And, and typically, I would advise that people drink it with hot water. Um, just I think it mixes better. I use a drink frother. We offered uh, two different forms of frothers on our on our website, um, but but it mixes it mixes really well with that. I'm. I'm such a bad like coffee drinker, hot drink. I, I'm way too impatient. So what I do is I literally get the hot water out of my Keurig and then mix it up and then I'll drop two ice cubes in it and slam it because um, I'm impatient. Um, but we, you know, I have an all I have another alternative that we now offer uh, that I have or may may have or have not dosed my kids last night with, which is the slumbered gummies. Um, <laughs> So uh, the, the slumber gummies have a little different formulation with the ch uh, tart cherry. Um, oh, cool. And, and actually my wife prefers that, believe it or not. Um, we're, we're much, much different in size and stature. And um, I think with, with the slumber gummies, it doesn't knock her out uh, like, like slumber does to me. The one thing I will say about both of them from, from my experience, again, I'm not a clinician, um, and I'm not making any medical claims, but I'll say it from using this product for years and years. Um, it's not an addictive thing. I can still fall asleep just as good without it as I can with it. But I will say that I get a lot better recovery, a lot better. Um, you know, I, I'm, I think we were talking about this before we jumped on, but I'm going to bed, going to bed around nine, nine thirty, and, and generally waking up around four, four to four thirty without an alarm. I'm not hungover. Um, you know, that I, that I have gotten from taking just free form melatonin before. Um, but I will say that, uh, my, you know, my mom, I mentioned her earlier, she's 64. Uh, she's had sleep problems ever since my old man passed away years ago. And this product has worked wonders for her. It gives her a nice tasting drink to go to bed with. And, and, and she's been able to sleep very well since I think there's a lot of testimonials to that. Um, and there's also various flavors too. Salted caramel's not bad either. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. So the uh, the salt the slumber gummies here is definitely yeah, different. It's got four ingredients: tart cherry. It's a, it's got a whole gram of it though. I'm pretty sure that's above clinical. I forget what the exact doses are, but it seems it seems like a pretty solid dose. And that's there's a lot of recovery data on that and everything. Chamomile hops again, and then 2.5 milligrams of melatonin. So and that's two gummies. So. That's mm -hmm. enough to sometimes one one gummy is never enough. I mean, well, it is for a six year old. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's a different story. Yeah, so you're you're basically giving them a, a, a gram of melatonin, one point two five grams of melatonin. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. That's they uh, they've been they've been getting over the ick that uh, that has spread rampantly around the Midwest, and uh, had one that was having a hard time sleeping, and that did the trick. <laughs> yeah, if you can't if you can't hear, I'm I'm a little bit nasally congested myself here. So I'm in I'm in Oklahoma. So uh that that cold just leveled a lot of people yeah. we had to deal with. That's pretty cool. So I'm not sure how much time you have. Like we can I, I, you mentioned pr the performance bars. What are mm -hmm. your uh 
you got four flavors listed on on the site conquer caramel crunch peanut butter bliss frosted cinnamon swirl triple chocolate mudslide those all sound good which ones are your favorites there the last one well the, the caramel crunch is, the, is everybody's favorite it's it's very much like a snickers bar um flavor to it but the I'm a chocolate nut and triple chocolate mudslides the go-to. If you're having it for a morning, uh, a morning kick, the the trick is throw that thing in the microwave for like eight seconds. Mm. It's like having a nice little uh, uh, cinnamon roll. But uh, no, those things are they, they they sustain well in the pack. They don't melt real quick. Um, they're not. Uh, remember the uh, the old school power bars that I think you got as much cal- uh, caloric burn chewing the things as you did <laughs> yeah. actually getting from the bar. Get the um, jar at least. The, yeah, these these uh, these chew up well. Um, they taste great. Um, yeah, I, I I've got friends of mine that that that's the only thing that they use from from Mountain House. It's the first thing that they tried and they stick with it. Okay, so what's the part? Do you how many? Sorry, I was going to ask how many do you bring per day for. When you're packing Back country, yeah. um, I, I've always got them in my pack when I'm hunting here in the Midwest, um, just as a, a healthy pick me up snack. Um, but in the back country, uh, like I said, they don't they don't melt like a you know Reese's cup would back there. Um, I'll normally bring probably one a day, and I'll just split okay. them in half. Cool. Difference between the performance bars and the venture bars is like performance bars just seem to be higher carbon, higher protein. Venture bar is more of like a, a, a lower calorie, I assume. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was more, uh, and, and we're actually in the process of uh, of reformulating uh, the venture bars to be more uh, inclined for an endurance athlete cool. type situation. Cool. You're gonna put some mushrooms in there. I'm not putting any mushrooms in anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. One thing we talked about. So you have a you have a giving mission, charity, and everything. Can you get right. a little bit into that? Yeah, so um, I'll try to be as less long-winded as possible. Even though yeah. the story, man, the story is uh, is pretty incredible. So uh, again, I'll, I'll try to do Trevor justice here because he tells it better than anybody. And I'll send you the links to the actual story itself that we've done some production around. Uh, but our mission, conquer hunger, is one that uh, it's near and dear to me. I've had a chance to take part in a lot of these events. Um, I'm working with some ambassadors now that have some. Uh, some challenges that are going to essentially lead to a huge, huge day of Conquer Hunger. But um, Conquer Hunger started, the long and short was uh, when Trevor was building this business um, around Enduro. He started in the medical space um, and it, it was it was tough to lift like anything is in the medical space. It's not owned by <laughs> Big Pharma. Um, and in doing that, I apologize, the... Uh, 15 week old puppy wanted to join. Um, uh, like anything, uh, he had made uh, some some business investments around this business, other businesses, and 2008 happened. And so uh, had a huge mountain himself to climb out of in doing that. Uh, being a, a family uh, centered around their faith, um, there, there's, a, there's a passage in the Bible uh, that, that speaks to loaves and fishes. And... Um, when when presented the opportunity to have a loaf of bread and a couple of fishes, the Lord in, essentially said, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially said, when provided that, I will provide more. And so um, Trevor and his wife vowed at that moment of their lowest financial um, hurdle uh, that when this business had grown enough to provide more loaves and fishes for others, um, that they would. 
And that's where Conquer, Conquer Hunger started, actually in the bedroom of their house, on their knees, praying. And so as the company grew, so did Conquer Hunger. There is a, uh, there's a statistic out there that I will absolutely, absolutely butcher, so I won't even fake it to make it. Um, but there's a lot of kids that are going home from school with nothing in the pantry. Mm-hmm. They're, they're coming home on a Friday from school with nothing in their pantry for the weekend. And so, uh, Mountain Ops set out and starting in, in the greater state Lake, Salt Lake area, um, working with certain school districts and missions and pantries, um, to start, uh, personally building these pantry packs, these gallon Ziploc bags full of, um, uh, full of nutritious meals for kids and ultimately got bigger and bigger and bigger and a proceed or the proceeds from every purchase of Mountain Ops on the website, in person, at events, uh, proceeds from every purchase at Mountain Ops goes towards Conquer Hunger. Um, and at last, uh, last summer in Bozeman, Montana, uh, the Mountain Tough uh, event at Mountain Tough's headquarters, um, we, again, nine years doing this, uh, we surpassed the 5 million meal mark. Um, it's a really cool event. I, I hope at some point you guys get a chance to uh, take part in it. What we do is we set up an assembly line. We work with certain uh, wholesalers to procure the, fu- the food, bring it into box trucks. We put it in totes. And basically you have rows and rows of tables and rows and rows of great human beings that are starting with a gallon Ziploc bag, putting food in. And these aren't just beans and rice. This is, you know, uh, granola bars. This is uh, snacks. This is drinks. This is, you know, essentially giving someone an uplift of food. But when it gets to the assembly line, we actually drop a card in there with a message that they're stronger than they than they realize. Um, and so uh, we've surpassed the 5 million mark. Uh, now we're, we're setting our target at 10 million meals. Um, and again, every, uh, a portion of every, every purchase of mountain ops goes towards, goes towards conquer hunger. Um, and it's a, it's just, man, it's a feel good, a feel good, uh, mission that we've got. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, that's in Bozeman every single year. Uh, so that event, that event we no. so we do conquer hunger events all over the country. Oh, okay. Um, we, we've got, we've got, uh, we actually have tables that are permanently set up and on the side of our gym at HQ, uh, where anytime someone can come in and pack some meals, Very cool. uh, we'll work with local, um, local athletic departments. We'll work with, we work with, um, some of our retailers. We work with some of our sales partners. Um, we have, uh, we have our site set on what could be a 1 million meal day that we're going to do. Um, and, and we're looking at that for a, t- likely a 25 event. Um, but again, we're, it's, it's expanding very, very quickly to where we have ambassadors that are wanting to do it. I wanted to do one in my, in my, in my CrossFit gym as, as kind of a, just a side project that again is, it's the, the cause behind it is, is, is pretty amazing, but also the atmosphere. Uh, of people getting together, uh, packing meals as fast as they can. I think that Bozeman event we're speaking of, I think we did 47,000 meals in 90 minutes. Oh my God. Wow. It was uh, pretty amazing. Cool. Yeah. Well, in the show notes, we'll link to, uh, there's a six minute video produced in uh, June of 2023. So pretty mm-hmm. recent, uh, that I haven't watched it yet. So yeah, it gets it's a good, it's a good one. Yeah. It's cool. a good one. Nice. It'll so do a way better job of me telling the story. That's for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. No, you did great. Awesome. All right. Any other any other products or stacks that you uh, that that need to be talked about or anything? I think we've hit some good stuff for sure. Obviously, there's quite quite the arsenal on the site. Yeah, we've got like I said, um, 
in in particular, or not necessarily in particular, I think uh, what's great about uh, about Mountain Ops offering is we also have a lot of samplers. So if you just go on the search bar and you just hit, and you just type in sampler for a couple bucks, I think you're only really paying for shipping. Um, you know, we'll send you uh, samples so that you can try them out. I think uh, there's a couple just offhand that from from attending some from some consumer events, some eye popping experiences that people don't realize. Uh, we do our performance reds and our performance greens. Um, I will say, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll put my name behind it, but you could probably blindfold a hundred people and put other greens in front of them and our greens. And I, I, I would bet my farm that, um, that ours will not only pass the taste test um, uh, above others, uh, but also in the mixability, uh, the drinkability of it. It doesn't taste like you're licking your lawnmower. Um, it, they're, they're really, really good. Um, if you want to hack to wanting to get your protein, but also get your fruits and veggies for the day, um, Mountain Ops Ammo. Um, ammo, I believe, is 30 or 32 grams of protein, but also comes with your daily uh, dose of uh, fruits and vegetables. So when you actually, when you open the bag of Ammo, you're going to want to refrigerate it because there's actually Whole Foods that are in that bag. Uh, so there is a little bit of, right. Interesting. Okay. There is a little bit of a hack there. Um, I know that we had talked about, um, you know, kind of diving into Yeti mode. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeti is, you know, like any supplement company, the first question I always get is, so you guys do pre-workout? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, dude, we do pre-workout. Um, and, and Yeti is what I thought, uh, was the, uh, best pre-workout for a CrossFit modality where it doesn't have so much beta alanine that you want to punch babies going into the gym. Um, and, and, and it, and it doesn't, it doesn't spike your heart rate to the point of redlining consistently through workouts. Um, but then I found, uh, that we, we made another formula. We upgraded to, uh, Yeti mode and Yeti mode is our, um, I guess you could say our upgrade to Yeti, which we obviously still offer in a number of flavors. But Yeti Mode um, comes in three different flavors, Sour Smash, Pink Lemonade, and the new one is Liberty Pop. You can put that together just like the Bomb Pop. Um, But it gives you an increase in caffeine. It gives you an increase in citrulline, uh, beta alanine. Um, Also has the, uh, uh, gosh, what is it? The Alpha GPC uh, for focus. And so to me, I was, I was talking to Ben about it before we hopped on. And, um, to me, I usually am a five amer. So that's going down the hatch right, right when I get up. Um, and then our flagship product ignite is, is quickly coming in usually around nine 30 or 10. And that's, that's kind of where I'll, I'll lead off is, is ignite being one of our flagship products. It is a derivative from Enduro, uh, from Enduro, Enduro, uh, sugar free, caffeine free vasodilator. Um, but then we add, um, the vitamins, we add, uh, the nootropics and we add the caffeine to it. And it gives you, I, I think it's probably one of the best pre or I'm sorry, midday pick me ups that, that I've seen, uh, because it's going to give you those nootropics for focus, the caffeine to uptick everything. And then, uh, you're also getting a, a healthy blend of vitamins as well. Gotcha. Yeah. So Yeti mode that which you were talking about before is 300 milligrams of caffeine, the the full 3.2 gram clinical dose of beta alanine. But yeah, like I said, what I like is it's got three grams of creatine in there. So you're like kind of getting the bases covered, but yeah, a reasonable three grams of citrulline, which like if you're chasing the biggest pumps in the world, 
like if the numbers go higher, but for what a lot of your demographic is doing, they don't want the biggest pumps in the world because you're actually, mm-hmm. you know, doing a lot of functional training and, and stuff. Um, and then I am now looking at Ignite. Ignite, it's an arginine citrulline blend, but it's 200 milligrams of caffeine. And so a little bit, a little bit less loaded, but, um, but yeah, and also just less, less caffeine. So 300 yep. milligrams is definitely not for everyone, especially if you're doing stuff with your heart rate going off the rails with, uh, yeah, yeah, no, we, we offer, uh, I think something to mention too, Ignite being one of our flagship products. We also offer, um, an, an Ignite light version. So both Ignite comes in hot Ignite as well. Uh, some of the similar flavors that we have in the, in the slumber profile, um, kind of a, I guess you could say, a alternative to coffee. Mm. Um, but we also offer Ignite light and soon a potential hot Ignite light. Uh, offering, and that's a, that's a hundred milligrams, uh, of caffeine. So those that are sensitive to caffeine, uh, or end up taking it later in the day and, and caffeine is going to keep them up all night. Uh, Ignite Light still gives you the nootropics, gives you the full serving of everything minus the caffeine, um, so that you can still get that focus without, you know, I, I know friends that, I mean, they smell caffeine and they start jittering. Right. I'm a donkey. I could probably take enough <laughs> caffeine to kill a small horse and be totally fine. <laughs> you're a fast metabolizer. Yep. You're one of yeah. three fast, medium, slow. And so, yeah, the, the, the slow ones are the ones that will not want to touch the, the 300 megs of caffeine. They'll right. be wrecked all night long. I th- yeah. I think, yeah. but that's why we got slumber though. You know, <laughs> there you go. we got uppers and downers. <laughs> that's, why, that's how it works. I don't, yeah. I don't think we have a lot of CrossFitter well, followers, but like, I think a lot of our followers are going to really like, like the Yeti mode formula, but like looking at Ignite, I understand why a CrossFitter would want like the lower caffeine, like lower pump, like, I, I, I have never actually done, well, that's not sure. I do Murph, but I don't regularly do like CrossFit workouts, but like the thought of mm-hmm. taking like 300, 400 milligrams caffeine and then doing all of that, it's like terrifying. Like I can't even imagine where my heart rate would go. I, yeah, I, to me, I, I will say, so like Yeti, Yeti's, Yeti's perfect for a Murph, right? Because yeah. the, the goal with Yeti is to not fail. It's not to redline on your pull-ups, your push-ups, your air squats, your run. You don't want to redline any of that. Um, but if you're doing like a, I don't know, today our workout was as simple as it gets. It was row 5,000 meters Mm. sucked, (laughs) but you know, it was only 19 minutes. Um, so Yeti mode was to me, it was, it was great. Maybe to someone else, it might not be, um, my back, but again, I think, you know, our, our offering is, is pretty vast, uh, on the recovery side, glutamine, um, we also we had uh, glutamine fish oil. I will say our, our magnum uh, protein line whey isolate. Um, to me, it's um, I think you can, and this is personal experience, but I, I generally will tell people that that say, "Man, I can't take protein shakes; it just jacks my stomach up." Um, I will say our isolate tends to digest a little bit easier, mm-hmm. but also I think it really comes down to timing too. If you're walking out of the gym after doing a metcon and your engine's still cranking. Anything you put in your mouth is going to come out looking exactly the same as it went in. And so I tell people, like, give yourself a second to slow down. You know, get home maybe before you drink it because you're going to be closer to the toilet than you are in your car. Um, but to me, I think you, there's a lot of timing that goes into it. But also our product from a way isolate perspective tends for me and I know for my wife, who's, a, who's an everyday athlete, um, it tends to digest pretty well. Um, it also cooks well. She bakes, she bakes a lot of really cool stuff. She's a culinary grad, so I'm spoiled, but she cooks a lot of really cool stuff, um, with, uh, with Magnum. That's really cool. 
But yeah, regarding your rowing, <laughs> one of my, my workout mistakes I've made is I took a pre-workout with, um, it's when we talk about, it's got almost 400 milligrams of caffeine and 10 grams of citrulline. And my legs just like, they stiffened up like a board. It was, it was like a, just an awful experience and great product. Just when you're doing a, a row sprint, you don't want mm-hmm. that, you know? So like, you got to use right tool for the job. And yeah. And, yeah. And I agree. I, yeah. I'll, I'll kind of, I, I put a little bit of strategy you call it bro science, if you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, behind what I'm taking, depending on that workout, if it is a MRF, I, I generally will kind of go back into what uh, normal normal Yeti. Uh, but for a shorter one, I'll go with Yeti mode for a, exactly. um, you know, for a long run, um, to be honest. I mean, uh, Hydrate's, I think, one of the only products that we haven't really covered, which which to me is that that's kind of my sweet spot. I'll drink that all day long. Don't care. It is delicious. And it, it fits the bill. I, I was, I, I used to use like? strawberry coconut is the jam mango. Yeah. You can't go wrong, man. You can't go wrong. I'm not a huge lemonade guy, uh, but strawberry coconut mango are the two that I'm big on. Um, for me, I, I, I used another hydration product, actually a couple different ones. And I think the easy way to explain hydrate for us is it's a different kind of mousetrap. We, we built a different mousetrap, mousetrap than what's out there because I think typically everything you see on the market right now is so sodium based. Dude, we live in America. We don't have a sodium problem. <laughs> I mean, everything you eat has sodium in it. So I don't think there's a lot of people that are necessarily sodium deficient unless they're Ironman athletes that are in the middle or three quarters of the way through their, uh, their day. And so what we did is we kind of flipped it on its head. Um, a hydration product should, should inhibit cramping, fatigue, things that are going to be onset by, by poor hydration. And so what we did is we flipped it on its head almost with like a six to one ratio, um, potassium to sodium. Our sodium comes from Himalayan salt, so it's going to absorb well. Um, but the potassium side of it, uh, to me personally, I, I can attest to the fact that it, it on those, uh, on those mountains, that Nalgene bottle was loaded with that stuff. Um, it also blends well with Ignite, which is kind of funny. Um, but, um, you know, for me, I think the folate, is uh is was i i actually uh, that raised an eyebrow with me but then i actually kind of dug into why we added folate to it and um you know from a very bro science uh nerd perspective the cell growth and function red blood formation uh kind of made sense to me right yeah um so i again the flavors on point the uh the philosophy behind it in my opinion is on point coming from someone that used a lot of other types of hydration products. I think we nailed it with this one. Um, I would say on the, on the, the scale of our consumers, they would also agree. Cause dude, we, we undershot that one. We were, we were sold out for a minute because once people bought one bag, they turned around and bought four. <laughs> one thing I think is cool is your STM electrolytes are actually, uh, a, like not as high dose formula. You could, I assume you could have like a couple of these within a day. Whereas like the hydrate, I would pour into a bottle and drink that over a while. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how you guys use them. Yeah, I actually got that question literally yesterday from one of one of our uh, one of our ambassadors is better man than my better man than I. He's not a runner and he's going to try to do an ultra this year. So he started training about a month ago and he's doing it in the fall. And he was like, "How many? How many STM electrolytes are too many to drink during one day?" <laughs> but you did the I same thing that. with more 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 potassium than sodium. It's a like about a four to one ratio in this case. Um, mm-hmm. In general, I am on the same page. I don't think I want 
all potassium, no sodium, like, like with the prime drinks or anything, but, but unless you're just like someone who just sweats like crazy, you know, you're losing lots of sodium or whatever. Um, then, you know, th- some of the sodium based drinks are acceptable. But for me, I like, I like potassium is generally what I think people are mostly short on and generally what makes you feel good. I also think, um, I, I think it helps with, uh, yeah, I help. I think it helps with digestion a little bit too, in terms of like uh, having like more regular bowel movements and stuff. And I don't know if I have any. There's no data to prove that, but I just, I don't know. I, I'm starting to collect that on my own. And uh, I know I'm not saying it goes straight to the bathroom, but it's. I'm just saying things seem to work better when I take like notice the potassium to sodium ratio better and like and pay attention to that. So in general, I'm definitely with the same school of thought as you. Like it's America, we got plenty of sodium. Dude, yeah, I'm, I put salt on your salt. That's I, I, jo- I joke with that. I, I joke with my 64 year old mom. Like, do you carry a salt shaker in your purse? Like, yeah, because she she loves hydrate. And I'm like, that's I'm I'm cool with that. But if you were using something else, like, dude, you're, that's a lot of salt. Um, no, the the uh, I will say the hydrate has has uh, has done very well for us. Um, there's there's a lot of I think use use case application for it um, amongst a lot of different sports, a lot of different professions. Um, to me, it's a it's actually a nice little pick me up. There is a little bit of energy that you get from it. Um, but uh, what was interesting was on, is it the tyrosine? I think is I was trying to read up on tyrosine the other day, and and I think it's a is it a, a, a synthesis pro, or synthesis protein? Is that right? Am I yeah, way it's, off a, on it's a precursor for like some of your neurotransmitters and stuff. That's so, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. The field neurotransmitters. Because I may or may not have drank this right before I went to bed one night and I may not have slept real well. Oh, so, really? uh, gotcha. yeah. Okay. No, I was just, I couldn't stop thinking. Like, I kind of wanted to like work. But, uh, but no, the, from a product perspective, from a delivery perspective, just to kind of put a bow on it, um, I think there's a little bit of something for everybody. Um, whether you're, you know, a donkey into caffeine like myself or you're sensitive to caffeine, uh, I would highly advise starting, you know, looking at an enduro um, because, you know, to me, enduro is, is, is something I can drink, you know, at eight o'clock in the morning. It's something I can drink at eight o'clock at night, but it's ultimately going to help me um, to dilate those blood vessels. It's going to, um, you know, inhibit fatigue, soreness, cramping, um, give you a little bit of energy. Um and, and I think it derives, obviously, is the derivative of a lot of other things like Yeti, like Ignite, um, a Yeti mode. Um, but as a whole offering and as a company, I think uh, it's pretty interesting to see. I've been a part of a Fortune 500 company. I've been I've worked with really, really small companies and, and various industries. And, and I think what makes Mountain Ops unique is uh, that that we first and foremost set out to be a light in the world of positivity. Um, we, we're, we're unapologetic about who our demographic is. We're unapologetic about core value. Number one, recognizing God and everything that we do. Um, and it, and it's not a PR stunt. Um, if you watch any of if you pay attention to any of our social, uh, from our, our, our Sunday messaging, um, or you, you just look at the people we surround ourselves with. It's a, it's, it's a beacon, I think in, in 2024 to see, a company that's not going to participate um, in a lot of the negative that people can get wrapped up in. Uh, we just focus on really good products and surrounding ourselves with people of character and, and, and great people that uh, that are shining a light in the world. Mm-hmm. Love that. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. I have yeah. no further questions.
No, it's a, it's a pleasure. And I, I, I'd love to, you know, uh, answer any questions you guys have, answer any questions that, uh, that your guys' huge following has. And, uh, again, go check out Mountain Ops. Uh, we've got a great support system, great customer service team. If you have any questions, by all means, reach out to us. Yeah. So, uh, Instagram, MTN OPS, no underscores or spaces or any of that stuff on Instagram. So MTN OPS, what about you personally? Do you have a, anywhere I, you can get followed LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, all that? Yeah. Uh, Instagram, it's the real Jake powers. Cause there's apparently a lot of them. Uh, so the real Jake powers. And there you are. Perfect. Okay. We'll link to that on the, uh, on the show notes. Well, once again, thank you so much. No, I appreciate it, guys. I hope you guys have a, a great day and uh, conquer more. Thank you. Have a good one. See you guys.